Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Oh my god, that's gross. Corey Feldman does not know how to eat a freaking pizza pizza. Completely changed the face of everything. It's good, it's very unique. I will give it that. Oh, thanks. I don't want to embarrass myself. Should I embarrass myself? No, that's... Please, no. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I am embarrassed. Well, hey there. I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast, where each episode we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released around the same time, or maybe the movie just didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, and decide whether the movie is worth a revisit. As always, if you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast now. So before we talk about this week's movie, how you doing, Mike? I'm tired. Very tired. Uh, So when you're listening to this, it's probably a month or so after... I think they're in July at this point. Yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're, I, you might have guessed this, but we record these way ahead of time. <laughs> uh, but right now, as we are doing this, we have just, uh, I guess, survived uh, working the Avengers Endgame weekend at our local theater where, where we both work. Or as some customers like to call it, Avengers. <laughs> I did not get that one. So we are very tired. Uh, I know I worked, I worked the Friday night, I worked Saturday night. And we had uh, 12.30 a.m. shows, and I didn't get home until maybe 3, 3.30. I didn't get to bed till 4. I know you were later, uh, but no, I don't think you didn't work the late night, but you worked a lot of hours. During the week. I worked right. the Thursday. Me and um, right. one of the other managers were there till 5. Right. So um, it's just, I know that on Sunday, I was just exhausted. I couldn't really do a lot. I was just kind of laying about the house. And then and even into Monday, very tired. And I, it just and it keeps going. The movie's so long that... We have 10.45 and their 10.50 starts throughout the week at, at night. And it's, just, it's a very tiring process. And I, I have to laugh because on Twitter and on Facebook, I hear people talking about, hey, you know, you know, be nice to the people that are working because, you know, they're there all the time. Like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, no, no, trust me. We, we did not get we got a lot of I got yelled at a couple of times uh, because people don't know how to pick their seats. I got I got people swearing at me because it was sold out. Right. Like I, my favorite, I had a laugh at people coming in, just walking in. They see the business and they're walking in at like at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Can I get two for Avengers? Like, look around, man. Look around. <laughs> it's This is not happening tonight. And I'd be like, well, yeah, sure. At 1230 in the morning. Yeah. And what? <laughs> you got tickets for the 805 show? Ma'am, it's 815. Mm. So. Right. Ma'am, the concession stand line is the box office line. That's how long it is. Right. Well, there are some people that were kind of nice about it. Some people apologize. Oh, man, you got to be here really late. You know, oh, yeah. Sure. Hope that nobody spoils the movie for you, man. People have walked out of that theater, you know, shouting the ending out five different times. Stuff oh, like that. my favorite. I've, I've told you this story. We had a kid come in. We had a kid walk into the, the doors, I guess, scream it into the hallway. But um, you've never seen, uh, you've never, we had this conversation. You've never seen Presumed Innocent with no. Harrison Ford and Bonnie Bedelia. You need to see that movie. Because I can't tell the story because it's such a, but, but the, it's got story. a big twist ending at the end. And my my friend Adrian, who I've talked about a couple times on this podcast, 
was watching the movie a second time. This is this movie came out in the nineties. No, late eighties. Late eighties, early nineties, I can't remember. And he had seen it the first time he went to see it with a friend and they're sitting in the theater and somebody as the movie's about to start, somebody walks in to the theater and screams the ending and everyone was like, God, come on <laughs> and he's my agent was just laughing. So but you need to that's actually a really good movie. You should see that movie. I'll probably watch it. I do try to watch all the Harrison Ford movies. I've yes. seen Mosquito Coast, so Oh well then there you go. I'll watch it. If you've seen Six Days, Seven Nights, then you're a true fan. I have. I know. I actually don't mind Six Days, Seven Nights. It's not his movie, but it's that's true, but it's, it's not sad. great, but it's not great. No. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie that we are doing this week. Oh, actually, you know what? No, that's you. This is all you this week, not me. What? I did last time. Oh, uh, I don't know if that's in my contract. Too bad. All right. So the movie we're doing this week is Meet the Robinsons. So this is our first kids movie we're uh, doing. Yes, which is something we planned, which we wanted to do. Right. So, Meet the Robinsons came out in 2007. Uh, it's a Disney animated, computer animated adventure, but not Pixar. Which, we'll, I, which I've got notes on. We'll get into. Okay. Yeah. So, the premise of the movie is both simple and complicated at the same time. <laughs> so, this young boy named Lewis, who's incredibly uh, gifted and intelligent, when he was a baby, he's left at an orphanage. He's been wanting to find a family that would take him in, but because of his crazy inventions, no one kind of wants him. He's a little too smart for his own good. He's a very nice kid. One day, his, the owner of the orphanage, I guess, gives him an idea about meeting his own parents, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my parents would be the only people that would want me. Maybe they didn't mean to give me up. So he tries to create a device that lets you scan your brain and watch memories, and a uh, classic kind of villain in a bowler hat comes by, tries to take this invention from Lewis, uh, which causes a whole bunch of, of hullabaloo. And, uh, <laughs> hullabaloo. This other old, slightly older boy who's looking for the man in the bowler hat uh, named Wilbur. Wilbur takes Lewis, ends up going to the future where Lewis meets Wilbur's family, who are a bunch of very eccentric, intelligent, but super nuts people. Uh, and Wilbur and Lewis have to fix the time machine, find the man in the bowler hat, and bring Lewis's invention back to the past, or else a whole bunch of bad things will happen to the future. Uh, I don't want to, uh, well, I mean. Disclaimer, we're going to talk about what happens We're going to talk about as we go on, but. So if you don't want to, yeah. yeah, if you don't want to know, then stop, go watch it, come back. Yeah. Are you well, back? Okay. Yeah, we, so, do that, we do that quite often. <laughs> Lewis finds out that he is actually Wilbur's father and the kind of the head of this crazy family, the Robinsons. And the only way he can make that future happen is if he gets the device back in time, stop the villain, and uh, make set time right back. And also maybe learn the lesson that it's not the family that um, you have, it's the family that you choose in the end. Right. So that's right, that's right. the basic plot of the movie. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, but let's be honest, not a lot of plot. There's not a lot yeah. of plot. Uh, so real quickly, this movie was released in, uh, as Mike said, in 2007, on March 30th, 2007, up against the the Will Ferrell uh, skating movie Blades of Glory, <laughs> which I actually think is funny, uh, and The Lookout. Did you ever see The Lookout with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. Yeah, that's not... I, I remember liking that movie, but I don't remember liking it as much as I wanted to. I can't. I haven't seen it in so long. It was all right. Yeah, but I remember liking it. 
It was also a week after the the reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TMNT. Mm. I know that's the Michael Bay one, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that was that had a, that was Wait, a lot no. of hype, wasn't it? No, that was the animated one. Was that the okay? Which was actually really good. So then, yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, March thirtieth. The end of March is not really strong. So not right back off then, the bat, anyway. right. So ninety-five minutes, rated G, directed by Steven Anderson. He did the only. He also directed the 2011 Winnie the Pooh, the animated one. Okay. That's not bad. He has story credits for Emperor's New Groove and Tarzan, the old 90s Tarzan, which is okay. I like the old 90s Tarzan. Do you? Yeah, I do. I'm not a huge Emperor's New Groove fan. I know a lot of people. Uh, it's funny. It, it's funny. It's got jokes, yeah. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I remember liking it, but I mean, I don't, I don't think I own it. I don't think it's something that I wanted to show my kids, so. No, I think, I mean, I was young when that came out, and I think that's one of the only, you know, White plastic case Disney movies. I oh, jeez, right. That's right. They don't make those. They don't do those anymore, do they? Oh, those are worth a lot of money if you have them. That's true. I saw that. I saw that. So it's also written by Anderson and like fifteen other writers, which is <laughs> a, which is atypical for a lot of animated movies because you know it, it, uh, animated movies take a lot to get to get on oh. on screen. I mean, this movie, I believe this movie it was four years in production, which uh, we'll get into. Um, starring Angela Bassett, Laurie Metcalf, Adam West, Tom Selleck, and uh, a bunch of other, mostly voice actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget of $150 million. Domestically, it grossed 97 Worldwide, it grossed about 168 Yeah, 168 And then its opening weekend did $25 million. So it probably broke even. If it, I mean, the marketing uh, included. And this doesn't include DVDs. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. This doesn't include DVD sales or anything like that. And, you Boys. Know. Right. Exactly. They did an animated series about this afterward. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. So it's actually based on a book, uh, A Day with Wilbur Robinson, which was written and illustrated by William Joyce. Uh, so I, I don't, I think that, uh, I f- believe that in the book, like all the time travel stuff is not what's. Where it was, it's not from the book. All that, all that stuff is them. Interesting. I, I think it's just basically about Wilbur. I, I, I don't know. Like all Wilbur's the main I, character? I, th- I, th- I think it has to do with the orphanage. I'm not sure. Okay. But it's not. All the time stuff, all the time travel, all the, the message and all that stuff, I think that's all Disney. Or that's all Disney Animation Studios, that kind of thing. I believe this movie was announced like in 2004, say. And yeah, started production in 2004. Now... In the early 2000s, Disney wasn't wasn't doing a lot of high quality animated movies. Like not high quality, but they weren't doing well. Right. So you had so the Emperor's New Groove was 2000. Before that, you had Dinosaur, which was not a big hit. You had Atlantis: Lost Empire in 2001, not a big hit. Lilo and Stitch, which I like a lot, which I guess was a hit. Treasure Planet, no. Brother Bear in 2003, no. So you have a lot of movies that they just were not. They took Chicken Little in 2005, then Meet the Robinsons in 2007. But while this was going on, Pixar was the huge was was the big thing. Yeah. Pixar Pixar was basically releasing the movies in, with in conjunction with Disney. But you know Disney it wasn't a Disney property. It was just it was a Pixar property. Right. So 2004, this movie gets announced. 2006, Disney acquires Pixar. And then John Lasseter comes on board as the chief creative officer of all animation at Disney. And he actually was in charge of like the rides or like he was, he had input (laughs) on where the rides would be. So once he came on, he watched this movie, he watched like a a test screening of this movie. And then 
didn't like like had a lot of notes. And then after that, sixty percent of the movie was changed. So like they added stuff. Like what they add, they added a sidekick. They always I kept reading they added a sidekick for the villain, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so did they add the bowler hat man? Or did they add the hat? Like, I didn't know. Did they add that bowler? Because the bowler hat is the villain in this. Right, yeah. But did they add the hat or did they add the dude? Like, I didn't know which one. Who, who are we saying here? I can see, you know. I Goob, can see them adding. The, Goob doesn't the look a lot like the older Goob. So you're saying that they, they, they made that connection? Maybe. Okay. They also added the dinosaur chase scene. And then they, they changed the ending. So... I don't know. That, I think that's probably part of, in, in my notes, that's probably part of some of the things that I kind of caught the second. Like, I saw this maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then, so this, I hadn't seen it in a while since we saw it. So this actually might be one of the first movies that, and I may not, I don't know. Actually, I'd always tell people to watch a movie, but this may be one of the first movies that I was a little hesitant on. Like, oh, is this a movie that is really okay to be forgotten? Like, that kind of thing. Like, should you go back? I think I had the same conundrum while watching this movie like i was back back and forth but back to back to when pixar came over because one of the other things that when so this movie was so it was disney animation studio lassiter comes over takes over mm-hmm. one of the first things he did was they already had um so after this movie was was completed they had a sequel lined up called meet the robinsons 2 first date that was going to be done, done by Disney Toon Studios. But what Disney Toon Studios is known for is they do the direct-to-video sequels. So they were like The Return to Jafar and Aladdin 3 and Lion King 2 and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And he didn't like that. Lasser didn't like... He thought that they undercut the value of the features. So he, he canned all that. So he actually canned the, 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 the sequel to this movie, the sequel that was lined up for Chicken Little, Pinocchio and the Aristocats. He said, that's it, we're not doing them. So that was, those were all canned. So then, so and so basically, this is like a one-off. You're never going to see any more Meet the Robinsons after this. So I just thought that this is an interesting. Like, like we always try to look for reasons why something was forgotten. I think that maybe this is. I think a lot of I think a lot of different factors go into the re- reasoning why this is a movie that we both liked, and we both remembered liking a lot. Uh, you, this was actually my first time watching it. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I thought you had seen. Oh, your girl, your fiance had seen it. No. We enjoyed the trailer, and you never saw it. We never got to see it. Oh. Probably because Ninja Turtles came out, and we watched that instead. You're such a nerd. That was just that. Oh, okay. Well, my my mistake then. Interesting. Well, okay. Then I I take it back. Then I remember having liked the trailer and having wanted to see it. Right. Okay. So I mean I, I'm I'm tired of giving all these facts about it around it. So, <laughs> did, so did did you enjoy? So this is your first time watching it. Did you right. enjoy it? Um. <laughs> well, okay. How about uh, this? Yeah. What did you like about it? Okay. So this movie has. I can tell it was written by a ton of people. I can tell oh. you now that you're saying that John Lasseter came at the end and fixed a lot of it, including the ending. I can tell. This movie is, I think, different than most of the other movies we've done on this podcast because, whereas I'm pretty sure 90% of what we've watched we've talked about how this movie was forgotten or this movie because it has third act issues yeah this is one of the first ones where I think the third act is solid and the first two acts are are not so great third act starting from where um I would guess from when um from when Lewis figures out that he is the uh that he's the main Robinson that he is okay um I can't remember what he, he gets renamed 
Oh, Cornelius. Cornelius. And he's Cornelius. When Lewis realizes he's Cornelius, that's when I think the movie changes. And, and it really kind of it, it gets a heart where I don't think it really had a heart really to start with. Like, it, it got more emotional. It got a little bit more connected. Well, the big message in this movie is the keep moving forward message. Right. Which is what I think I like a lot. I love, I love the quote at the end that they have, which I'll, I'll, um, I'll say it here. Uh, no, you know what? I'll just, I, I love the quote at the end that they talk about Disney's quote, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, and I think that, that, that I think the message was what I liked about it the most. The message is really good. Yeah, and it's really it, strong at the right. end. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying about, about the writing. Yes. Uh, the beginning of the movie, like, the jokes don't land that great. Um, the voice acting is not as good as you'd get, like, today. Well, I, the, I was on there, and I looked at, like, I think the director, Anderson, did, like, ten of the voices. Like, he was, like, all over the place. Yeah, he's he's a lot. He's Bowler Hat Guy, he's the grandpa, he's Tallulah. There's just too many people. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I, I, I agree. It's just... It's like, you can't get any voice actors to be in this Disney film. Well, I, I mean, it seems like it, it. It seems like through reading everything, it seems like it, it was problematic. You have to change sixty percent of your movie after one test screening with your new boss. That's, you think that, they recast Bowler Hat? Well, no. I mean, if Bowler Hat guy was the one they added, then maybe that's why he. That makes them. sense. That 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 makes sense. But then, what did you do? Like, I'm curious. Like, okay, so you didn't have the hat guy. You didn't have Bowler Hat guy. You just had the hat. Maybe the hat took over people. Maybe. Person, well, that's what it does at the end. It takes over people who are wearing the hat. That's true. So, so maybe they, that's what it did from yeah, the start. That's, yeah, I'm glad they changed that. But like one of the other notes that I read that, that Lasseter was talking about was that it wasn't too scary enough. The villain wasn't scary enough. And, and, and as I was watching this movie, I was trying to think that, okay, it's a kid's movie. So I really shouldn't. How, how do I view this movie? Do I just... Uh, should I really be this critical of a children's movie? Because if I was, a, I mean, my kids watch stuff now that I watch, I'm just like, what? And they love it. And that's, you know, okay. Because yeah. diff- you, you view the world differently and you have different sentimentalities. So am I, is it really fair for me to judge this movie as a 43-year-old man? You know what I mean? Like, Yes. Because <laughs> you can compare it to stuff that you did watch as a kid. You can compare it to other Disney films that came out, maybe not around that time because they weren't doing such great things, but... You compare this to Lion King. You compare this to Aladdin. You compare this to any of the Disney features from like ten right. years previous. And on the and also and on the flip side, you know, you also this is probably ten years after. No, this is fourteen, thirteen or fourteen years after Toy Story. So this is after like Pixar hits the scene, and Pixar's all about story. And like that, like you, you pick a movie, and it's and there's moments in those in all those movies like Wally and Toy Story, all three Toy Stories, and I'm sure the fourth one, Inside Out. All these movies have so much heart and are well written, and and right, and you've are, you you've seen it done, like you've seen it done already well. You should still expect that in a movie like this. Like like I tell people all the time when they're like, "Oh, you're too picky about movies. You're too picky at movies." Like I've seen not just not just animated movies, any right. movie, but I've seen really good movies. Why shouldn't I expect really good things out of other movies? I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to settle. Yes, I mean, and even at this point in time, if Disney's you know maybe Disney's not doing so great, but at this time it's like Ice Ages already has two Ice Ages out by that time. You've already seen the Shrek movies from DreamWorks. DreamWorks yep. has put out some stuff, so good stuff has still been out around this time. And if this is Disney's competing feature, 
It's a little yeah, I, on the end of. And, and and don't get us wrong. It's not like Disney was hurting. They just they were, their content wasn't that great right now. Yeah, Disney hurting is uh, uh, not anymore. It's still pretty good. Yeah, they're, uh, please. <laughs> it's freaking uh, something come out that's making money for them right now. I think so. It's I don't know. It's got about superheroes. <laughs> Those don't make any money. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, I'm so sure you, when you're listening to this, Avengers will still be out in theaters. That's probably accurate, yeah. Yeah. It's probably accurate. Okay, so one of the things I liked, I think I said, was the message, keep moving forward. And that quote is, um, that they have the quote at the end of the movie, is around here, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. And that was from Walt Disney. That's that's the quote. And then that quote fades and they keep keep moving forward. And I think that's a great, obviously that's a great message to any kid. Absolutely. So I, I one of my big likes of this movie is that message. From failing, you learn. From success, not so much. If I gave up every time I failed, I never would have made the meatball cannon. I never would have made my fireproof pants. <laughs> uh, still working out the kinks. Like my husband always says. And they kind of hammer that home towards the end more. That you kind, it kind of pops up, which but, is why I like right. the end more. There's yeah. no message at the beginning. It's, yeah. There's a couple of funny bits with Goob uh, as a kid. I love Kid Goob. Uh, I, think I it's hilarious. As, as much as I like Goob. As as I despise the bowler hat guy, yes. Because one of my one of one of my pet peeves about the bowler hat guys, I don't. And this is about any animation. I don't like the way he's drawn. I, I for some reason I got an issue with misshapen people animated wise. Like when he has super thin legs and he's like he's got a big gut and like yeah. And I feel bad because like Goob's a cute kid. He grows up to be this ugly dude. Like I feel really bad about that. Sometimes that happens. That's man. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> He spent all day in the orphanage just oh, lying on the yeah, couch. Not for nothing yet. That's pretty sad that he is in he is in that two things that stood out here that was it was like really like negligent homicide kind of thing. Like he is in this decrepit building by himself for so long, homeless. Nobody's this building just like is nobody's taking care of him and he's been in there all his life. And the other thing is like he nearly when Lewis vents that peanut butter and jelly uh, gun squirter. He nearly yeah. kills that guy. Like he, like that's a serious. That's a serious uh, reaction to that peanut butter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, that's two things. But You're yeah. saying Lewis needs to be arrested. You think I'm Lewis saying that. I'm saying that an investigation needed to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the beginning has a couple of fun things. Uh, it's not without any kind of comedy. Um, but I mean, I like that. I like that he teaches his high school teacher the like the the montage where he's building his device. And his teacher's like, oh, yeah, let's do this, do this. And then later on in the montage, his teacher's sitting in the classroom learning from Lewis as Lewis. Oh, right, out, right. Stuff. Yeah. I also feel like the villain's introduced way too late. The hat? The hat, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it's a little, it's too little too late by the time. It, it was almost like they were trying to do like a, like a quick, um, like it was like a shock that it he, oh, it wasn't the bowler hat guy. It's actually the hat they were trying to do like a. Uh, right. I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of it. But they were trying to like fool you into into thinking that it was the bowler hat guy. But even if it, you do, even the introduction of the bowler hat guy and the hat at the uh, science fair, I feel like there should have been something at the beginning that hints at them. Just just a little something. I feel like just introducing that like 20 
20 minutes into the film just seems a little late for an animated feature, especially when that's a little short anyway. See, I thought I thought that was really quick. Like everything just started. Like it was just like so fast and like and I get it. It's a it's a movie, but like Lewis is so willing to admit everything, willing to agree to everything. Oh, I think that's part of the poor writing. Yeah. That's just it's just let's get it going. It probably the feature was probably longer before they cut out a lot of it. I mean, this is at 95 minutes though. I mean, that's where you want to be for a kids movie, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I when you hit start hitting 2 hours for a kids movie, that's it better be Toy Story. Or <laughs> but that's still way long. too long. For a kid, that's way too long. For like a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old to sit in a the theater, they're not going to want to do that. I I've I mean, been there. <laughs> I was always really into movies as a kid. If you if you put a movie on, I'll watch it. If it's three hours, I'll watch it as long as it's you know good. Well, I mean, we'll put a movie on for when I want the kids to watch. Oh, you should watch this movie. Check it out. Like, And then I put it on. Like, they're... They're up walking around the room. They're not even paying attention half the time. I got to call them back. When I was a kid, my mom would be like, here's Ghostbusters. I'd be like, oh, can we watch it again? Yeah. Or here's the Star Trek movies, or here's Star Wars, or Indiana Jones, or, I mean, I watched movies I shouldn't have. Here's Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I would just sit down and be like, enthralled by these mm-hmm. films. Well, that's that's what makes you different. Exactly. <laughs> but you're right. 95 minutes is a good length for an animated feature. Yeah. I just feel like the some kind of hint at the time travel stuff at the beginning would have made it maybe a little more exciting. Or, or something. I just felt like he comes in a little too late. Right. I think old guy Goob has a couple of good lines, though. Like what? Uh, when he goes, uh, what, what are your thoughts? When he introduces the invention, and they're like, what do you think about this? Oh, what are your plans for the future? I want to crush the dreams of a poor little orf- orphan boy. Past that, I haven't really thought it through. Like, he's just got this one set track mind, and I love that he's an idiot. What are you looking at? No! I, the sun in my eyes. I... Well, then let me close the blinds. Wait! I, no, I... Oh, I, I... <clears throat> now, the name? Uh, uh, well, we can quibble about names at a later date. Uh, the point is, what I have here is special, unique. Yes, yes, you must love it and buy it and best produce it. And the best part is, it's got really comfy headphones. That he's just the complete moron, because I thought that was a really interesting way to go for a, uh, a villain character. I mean, and granted, the bowler hat is kind of the overarching actual villain. Right, right. Which you get revealed later, but I like that. But don't you like, think how that... is this idiot a villain? But don't you think that undercuts your love of young goob? Because if you haven't caught it already, I think we've already said that Goob is is Lewis's roommate when he's at the orphanage, mm-hmm. and then you and the bowler hat guy is actually Goob older. He's an, he's it's Goob. He, he's just much yeah. older because uh, when Lewis does the whole thing with the base, when he keeps his Goob up all the time doing his inventions, Goob misses the uh, cost them a game, uh, some baseball the little game. league uh, championship. Yeah, game. and like that ruins his life forever. Whatever. Because he can't get over Everyone hated me. Hey, Goob, you want to come over to my house? Cool binder. (laughs) They hated me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Exactly. So so that's like, that was like uh, Bowler Hat Guy, old Mike, uh, Michael Goob Yagubian. (laughs) (laughs) That was his name. So. Mr. Steak, you're my only friend. Yeah, game didn't go so well, huh? No, I fell asleep in the ninth inning and I missed the winning catch. Then I got beat up. Afterwards, Coach took me aside and told me to let it go. I don't know. He's probably right. No! Everyone will tell you to let it go and move on, but don't. Instead, let it fester and boil inside of you. Take these feelings and lock them away. Let them fuel your actions. Let hate be your ally, and you will be capable of wonderfully horrid things. He 
Take my words, Goob. Don't let it go. What? You don't think that him being an imbecile or him being like just an idiot as an old as old man or as an older man undercuts your love for young Goob? A little bit it does, but I maybe because I know how it's going to probably end. I, f- I figured he'd fix Goob's life, help him out. You, know, you don't really know, though. You don't. Because he just, he says, hey, Goob, and he catches the ball. But you never know what happens afterwards. I think you have to assume he's okay. But also, you got to leave it open for that uh, direct-to-DVD sequel. Meet the Robinsons 2, first date. Never to be seen ever again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, some of that's good. I, I really liked Goob from the start of the movie. I liked that he's, you know, no, Goob's that a, coffee. And Goob's a great character. Yeah. I just, I think that... Goob might be the most interesting character. <laughs> Young Goob might be the most interesting yeah, character. Yeah, in you, can, you can make that argument, yeah. Because Lewis is just kind of like, nah, all right. Lewis is just happy-go-lucky the entire way through. Always smart, never has an issue, really. Yeah, the greatest orphanage ever. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not Annie's orphanage. No. I kind of like that. I, I like that the orphanage was a nice place for him. Yeah. Because you see that too often, that the orphan, orphanage is an awful place. Mm-hmm. But Mildred is a really nice lady and really mm-hmm. wants to help Lewis and Goob get, get family. Mm-hmm. One of the things I liked also about the movie is the look of it. So, I, I, it's it's obviously it's obviously rooted in Tomorrowland. Um, both the the Disney park because mm-hmm. yes. obviously when they go to the future, it's called Today Land. Yes, but that mid century modern look, basically as if you know we if mid century so like nineteen fifties and we suddenly catapulted to to twenty fifty twenty you know like yeah but, but like it's that Jetson's same style, style right yeah. I. That that's a look I enjoy. I, I mean, I and you know, I, so I was. I enjoyed how everything looked in terms of what Lewis was growing up because you don't really know. Like, you, if you look around, if you look at Lewis's time period, you think it's like 1950s, but it's not. Right. So that I thought that, but even so, in the future and in the past or the present, excuse me, and in the future. I enjoyed the, the the look of the all the buildings. I enjoyed the look of the film. I enjoyed all like the just kind of like the style of like the time machine that they they both fly in. Time machines were yeah. cool. Both so, time machines. Yeah. Were cool. So the overall quote unquote animated production design is was something that I enjoyed about the movie as well. You didn't think the future was a little plain? Well, see, that's the other thing. It's it's a kids movie, mm-hmm. so I don't want to. Like when they travel by bubbles and then the finger point pops the bubble so she can get off. Like, okay, it's a kid's movie. So I don't want to. No, I like that. You know what I mean? mean, It didn't have, when you're in the past, it's got all the detail and all the buildings, the grime. Sure. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure the future's supposed to look clean, but it also looks empty. Well, it's. It's like they lack putting stuff in there that they should have, like extra details. But it also, it, it looks like, it looks like maybe they didn't think all that through. Hmm. You know, he pat when he first gets there. When Lewis first gets there, and Wilbur takes him. They show like the Insta building, yeah, and like bleh, it pops up, and I'm just like, "What is it? A balloon?" Like, it, it, <laughs> like, and again, it's a kids' movie, so I'm not really gonna be like, "You need to." I need to understand how this is happening. I, I I understand that, right? But on the flip side, I I have seen it done already by Pixar, by other, you know. Other movies where it's explained it, and it's and it and I can you know like a lot of these these animated movies are successful when kids love them and mm. parents can relate to them, right? And adults can relate to them, and 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 that's when they're that's that's when they're successful. 
this movie, I think, fails at, at being relatable to parents and adults because it's so more kid. It's so just kid friendly. Right. More. I don't want to say kid, kid centric. Mm-hmm. It's something you would see like on Nickelodeon, like, you know, SpongeBob or something, which is great. Absolutely, but like, you know, yeah. that kind of that kind of animation and just like off the wall, surrealistic um, uh, ideas and writing where, where it seems to lean towards that. And for kids, that's great. But if you want a movie to be wildly successful, you need to get both audiences. Yes. And that, that's what Pixar does great. Like Inside Out, to go on a tangent, you saw Inside Out, right? I've, I've seen all the Pixar movies. Okay. Like Inside Out is really good. And like there's moments in Inside Out where like I'm emotional and my wife's emotional. And the kids are just like they have no idea what's going on <laughs> because they just don't – They it's, it's above them too much. But the, the movie is, is, is so good that – that's a movie that I would show again to them. Hey, we should watch this again, or I would watch again because it's just like that's the thing. Like I'm the one buying the movies. I'm the one. Bu- I'm the yeah. one getting these films for the, for the kids to watch. So it's not like they're going to turn to me and be like, "Can you go pick up this uh, movie? I heard it's pretty good." I'm going to be like, "This movie's good. You need to watch this." Yeah. So, so I've that that's already these movies have already been done that way. These animated films have already been done that way. I expect that from all the animated films. And so when it doesn't happen, I don't want to be like a snob and be like. Oh, screw this movie. I don't, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not this. It's not, it's not um, adult enough for me because it's not for me. I'm not the audience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just thought the future was a little plain. Well, I think it's also just one location. They, they one town. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah you I know. just think they could have put more buildings in. I, I, I don't know. I want more buildings. <laughs> I just thought that they go and it's like grass, three buildings. The buildings are just yellow. Yeah. It was just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I like the style. I just thought there could have been more thrown in there. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Uh, the one thing I do really like at the beginning, as opposed to the end, which I do like the end, is um, they're really, uh, they're the worst, <laughs> but also I love it, is the uh, frogs. Oh, what, the singing? The singing frogs. I love that they're like Frank Sinatra Rat Pack. <laughs> just in the mafia. He puts the hat on and the bowler hat tries to control him. And he refuses to do the, uh, I can't master. <laughs> I'm very tiny and they're very large. <laughs> and then when he uh, finally gets back to life, he like mob bosses the uh, the bowler hat, beats it up and throws it in the back of the trunk. And that's the last we see of it. I thought that was great. Uh, so the beginning does have some, looking back on it, the beginning does have some stuff that was okay. But it is definitely a back heavy movie like the the back end is it carries the it's, weight of it. I I the, I think the biggest thing the movie has it going for is that is probably the two likes I have is is the message and then the look the the, the Tomorrowland connection to Disney is you know is is the look and, and and side note if you have not seen the Tomorrowland movie with George Clooney you really should uh I'm sure we'll be doing an episode on Tomorrowland that movie's it's fantastic. been on our list for that movie's forever. fantastic and, and and not enough people have watched that movie Yes, we know you like Tomorrowland. You should really like it, Butler. I do like Tomorrowland. No, you should really like it. Should be a movie that you should always tell people to watch. I just I watched it with you, and I don't remember you being this into it. When uh, listen, you because it. because movies because this is something that we talk about. You can't just watch one movie and be like, "Oh, that movie sucks," or "That movie that movie is great." You have to. You have to sometimes watch a movie again and again. You have to like see it on HBO or Showtime, and you flip it on, and you just and there's a reason why it's still on for an hour because you're still invested into it. How many times you've watched Tomorrowland, Mike? I'm just saying that it's hasn't been on HBO. That's the thing they have even forgotten about <laughs> it. But I've I've watched it probably four or five times. All right, so I've seen it, yeah four or five times. 
It's a very good movie. It is more than very good. My argument for Tomorrowland is that if you had seen this movie, if this movie came out in like the 1980s with like Back to the Future and all these other movies that everyone loves, you would be talking about Tomorrowland just as much as you talk about Back to the Future and Indiana Jones and Star Wars. That that's the movie came out in the wrong wrong decade. It came out at the wrong time. It it, it is not it's not cynical enough. It's not you know, dark enough. It's just not whatever people are, whatever audiences expect. Doesn't have a superhero in it. Whatever they expect now, it doesn't have, and it's immediately dismissed. And that's unfortunate because it is a great, great movie. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for that episode. This is the podcast. Save it for that episode. <laughs> but back to Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> So yeah, I, I also like the Walt Disney quote at the end. Um, it, uh, I like Lewis taking a tour through it. I like Lewis finding his parents were at the invention convention. Um, it bugs me that that guy wears his shirt backwards. He's just eccentric. He's a, that, bo- that bothers me. It's a kid's thing. He's man. loony. I, I get it. He's loony, but like he may need medication. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. Also, watching it again, uh, maybe because you, you, you've seen it before. Does does he the 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 grandfather character does he know that Lewis is his son? You're talking when about when he goes to the future and he's you, taking him through the toilet bowl and stuff like that and trying to take him into the house. Honestly, I don't know. I because I, 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 I kind of wanted knows? to go back watch that part again and see if there's any kind of indication that he knows that Lewis is uh, Cornelius or not. Because he would know. I would. You know. I think the moment you should probably go back to is when he flips his hat off and they show him his hair. And everyone reacts. You should probably look and see what his reaction is. Right. Like, oh, well, really? Yeah. Because like, if his reaction is shock, then pro- they probably just they probably added that in or something. Maybe. Um, but I really liked that. I like that he found his family through that. I like that they give him the pla- the um, observatory. And I like him writing all his stuff down. I, I've always been a real big fan of um, Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas. And I've always, <laughs> I, don't care, I don't care who knows it. Uh, I really like you that also, song at the end. Hold on. You also like Nickelback. I do. <laughs> I do. Just lost some subscribers right there. Uh, not new Nickelback. Grunge. <laughs> I like grunge Nickelback. But I like Rob Thomas, and I like the Little Wonder song that plays at the end. I think that, that really helps with the, the look of the film and the emotion. Um, but where was that in the first you know 40 minutes of the movie? Well, I think I... We've already talked about it. I probably part of the reason why this is either forgotten or just people just don't ever know about it is because of, the, of all the backstory behind it, all the all the stuff around it. You know, it was in the middle of a of a take oh, takeover, but of a sale of a, a transition. The way you know, animated studio transitioned to try to just whatever Pixar was doing to just get that magic, right? And it just it, it kind of just fell by the wayside, and and it, and it clearly had issues. So they, I mean, you don't get your movie changed. You don't get sixty percent of your movie changed because you didn't tweaks. There's clearly something wrong with it. Yeah. So, whatever that, whatever the original cut was, I'm curious what they cut out. Like what, like what was in there that they had to like get rid of. I'm curious if his notes were like, "We need to change this," or if his original note was, "We need to not release this film." And Disney said, "We've already sunk this this amount of money, and we can't. You need to fix this film." So maybe he begrudgingly went, "Okay." It's going to take serious work. We, I'd be interested in his original notes. 
Uh, yeah, the like they had to do. They did reshoots, and mm-hmm. when they they brought back the kid to do the Lewis character, he his voice had broke from puberty. Oh, so they had to have another kid do it, another actor do it. So there's two different voices that's voicing the same same character, which I think you can tell. I didn't. I couldn't tell because I was you know it was late and I was falling asleep watching it, which is which is a common problem with me. Yeah. I, I I watch these too late at night, and I get up way too early. Now I gotta. Now I gotta see which one's the one kid. Kid right. Which one's kid too? <laughs> well, I mean, I will, well, if you know that, if you know where, like we talked about, what changed, like I would check the dinosaur chase scene, the ending, probably. And, yeah. You know, no, just yeah. kind of check that stuff, and you'll probably you'll probably notice it. But yeah, the, so there's two there's two actors two actor voices doing the kid doing Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I I I think that's probably. You know, we always talk about like what would you revisit it, or we always talk about excuse me why it's forgotten. I think that's a lot of it. This is probably the first movie, mm-hmm. with the exception of Sorcerer. This is probably the first movie that we took like a lot of the the behind the scenes is what kind of hurt this film. Yes, in terms of just not not whether it came out, you know, opening weekend of a big movie, you know, you know, like not like a bigger movie overshadowed it, anything like that. It's more about the production kind of caused this movie to not be. Because it's not, it's not a bad film. It's just not... It, I would say it's not really strong. And I think the reason why I gravitated towards it more was that message of keep moving forward. Right. I was actually... I was excited to watch it. So was my fiance because we had wanted to watch it before when we saw the trailers. We were like, oh, this looks really funny. We really love the T-Rex scene. I have a big head and tiny little arms. Like That still got me when watching... Knowing that it was still going to happen, I still laughed when I saw it in the movie. <laughs> um I actually love when he's rolling back and forth eating his tail. At the end, yeah. yeah. But when I watched it, when I started watching it, I was 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, I was looking at uh, Elise, my fiance, and I was like, why Why did he recommend this? And she's like, yeah, this is not very good. Damn you guys. And, but then the end came out, and she's like, like my girlfriend's like tearing up, and I'm like a little like, oh, well, like, well that's, that's really like, um, that's nice. And it's like that last 30 minutes really saves the film and really makes it something worth watching. There's a, I, always, I always talk about Sometimes you watch a movie and you and you 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 don't like it, but there's part there's a chunk of it you like, and it's almost like would this movie have been better as a short film rather than a feature? Hmm. I mean, because some some stories you can't really some stories aren't meant to be long. Some stories aren't meant to be ninety minutes. You know, some stories are meant to be ten. Some stories are meant to be fifteen, twenty. I mean, it's it's it's, it's whatever the type of story you're telling. Like it's very it's very difficult to take like a like when somebody says like I remember we were going to do a short film. So I have a short film that I wrote called 22 miles from Trenton, which is about, it's basically, it's, it's set around the, uh, the world, the world's broadcast from 1938. I know you know about this yeah. and it's supposed to be like historical fiction. Like, you know, cause back then when the, when the, not to get off on another tangent, when, when the, uh, radio play came out, it was a radio play and it was about, and Orson Welles had done it. People really thought that it really happened. So, uh, so people, there were certain incidents throughout the country that were happening where people were like thinking they were being attacked by aliens, which was not happening. It was just, it was just a radio play. So I wrote a short story about that, like 20 pages, maybe if that. Mm-hmm. And I remember trying to shop that to people and they were, and the, me and my buddy agent were like saying like, Oh, we really want to do this. We were trying to get cost, we're getting production design. We're getting people writing some like costumes out and stuff like that, drawing like what it would look like. Yeah. 
And people were telling us, you know, one guy told us, like, listen, I can get you more money if it's a feature. It's easier just to get you money for a feature. And it's like, okay, yeah, I could probably turn this into a feature, but that's a different movie. Because it, this the story that I told is 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 the short. Is that it? I, to expand that would might ruin the movie, might ruin what I'm trying to say. That's a completely different animal. Would you say it would Robinson the movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But the, my point is, in a roundabout way, is that, as I said before, some movies aren't meant, some stories aren't meant to be told in a feature length. And maybe that's, if you guys reacted that way to the last 30 minutes of this movie, maybe that's what should have been, that should have been just that short film. I mean, That the, is the movie for the right, most part. Right, absolutely. Everything else is filler. The T-Rex is filler, the frogs are filler, mm-hmm. meeting the family in the zany way. I mean, this is a kid's book, so mm-hmm. it was probably a short book. Yeah. I'd be and, interested to go back to read, I'd be interested to get the book and read it. That might be weird if I go into the library looking for it for me. You just bring your kid. No one will, no one will question it. Yeah, no. He's here for the Minecraft tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess would you would you would you recommend this? I, I mean, I'll tell you what. Would you recommend it? I would. I would say this. I would put it on for my kids to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's for them, right? and there's enough stuff in there to keep them interested, and the message at the end. And it's 90 minutes. It's short. It's not a two-hour two hour movie. Like, I would recommend this movie. Probably, I think this movie would keep their interest more than, like, a, like Inside Out. Like Absolutely, I, And yeah. I love Inside Out. And I'm, I would love the, I th- but I think that movie is, like, my youngest is seven, and he would not sit through that, Inside Out. He would sit through this, though. He would sit through Meet the Robinsons. I would Meet agree. The Robinsons. It's definitely a younger kid's movie. Um, it's not up. You know, no. no one's sitting through. No kids really sitting through up. up Up's tough. Up's grown, another one. Ups. But Up's great too. I love Up. Yeah, for little kids it's great. But if you're going through and you're you're looking at trailers and you're looking at oh a Disney animated movie, Meet the Robinsons, it just know it's not quite the movie you might expect it to be. It, it's definitely meant more for little kids, and you're going to find stuff you might like, but it, it's going to take you a while into the movie till you get the stuff that really works with adults. I think it's got a great message. Greatness. And that's it's rated G, so it's not you can't go wrong if you want to put something on screen, on TV for the young ones. Um, and so I, I I don't think it's something that it's not abhorrent to put on. No. I mean, there are there are kids' movies, there are other children's movies that I've seen that are not good at all, and you should never watch again. But this is not one of them. No, and Lewis is a good character. He's smart. Yeah. He's intelligent, and he's never really brought down for his intelligence. It's always he's always built up for it. Yes. Um, it's never yet yeah, which is nice which is what which is interesting like n- at no time in this movie is them being smart or eccentric or are ever there's no bully there's no. nobody in this movie that's ever telling they have the they have the the um the character of the gym teacher you know when he's judging the science fair right. but he is never he is never down on any of the kids never anti-intelligent right he's even he's kind of interested to see right. what they've made right which is honestly that's probably another great message so lewis how does the memory scanner work first you input the desired period of time on this keypad then a laser scans the cerebral cortex where memories are stored the retrieved memory is then displayed on this monitor wrap him up i'll take two now i'm going back 12 years three months and 11 days why that particular day? You didn't think I was paying attention, did you? Uh, well, that was the day, um, let's just say that was a very important day in my life. Fair enough. Play ball. Too many people make fun of people that are smart and different. And different. And, you know, that, quite frankly, that I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that garbage. That's, that's, that's just, 
that's nonsense. Yes. So you shouldn't. I, I tell my kids all the time because they're like, they'll do something and they're like, oh, I'm weird. And I go, everybody's weird. Everybody's weird. Don't don't kid yourself that you think that you, that there's somebody out there that's not weird. We all are weird, and there's nothing wrong with that. True. That's my message. Good message. Thanks, man. So yeah, you crying? <laughs> you bit. baby. You know what? You are weird. <laughs> <laughs> so now the time has come to plug. Would you like to begin? Uh, sure. I don't have. Watch Forgotten Cinema. Yeah. Listen to oh, Forgotten wait, I'm Cinema. I'm sorry. We can start plugging the podcast. <laughs> I apologize. Yes. Hey, Forgotten Cinema. <laughs> ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Come visit us. Drop us a line. Suggest a movie. Tell me that uh, I don't know what I'm talking about or that Butler doesn't know what he's talking about. I always know what I'm talking about. This is true. I've heard that from him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also visit my personal website, MichaelDField.com. That has uh, videos I've done, uh, excerpts from scripts that I've written. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you want to read some of my books, Adam Parker Mystery Series is available on Amazon. That's all I got, man. Cool. You, now, I, I love hearing your plugs, so go for it. <laughs> just admit you like the tagline. I just think it's funny. <laughs> In a good way. So I got two podcasts. I've got Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, where we talk brews, news, and pop culture reviews. There it is. <laughs> We crack open a different craft beer every episode and we talk about pop culture stuff, usually movies, TV, all that good stuff. So it's a, it's a cool time where you hang out with me and my, uh, my significant other and uh, just have a little fun. Then I've got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games where you join me and my brother Alex while we talk about all things video games, news, reviews, previews, and uh, we even talk about some uh, retro stuff every once in a while. And uh, maybe eventually we'll do some live streams so you guys can actually watch us in person uh, making fun of each other playing video games. This movie had a video game. I'm sure it did. Most Disney movies did back then. For PlayStation 2, Xbox, Wii, Nintendo GameCube, DS, PC. So if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, uh, why don't you hop on over to the two-player bros where I'm going to try to time it so that we should play this game before that. You should, Absolutely. Absolutely. Plug, plug, plug. Oh, yeah. And uh, join us next week when we'll be doing the 2003 horror sci-fi thriller Dreamcatcher based on a Stephen King novel, right? Yes. Why yes. do I ask you? Yes, I know this. I don't Is need to ask you. Yes. We'll be doing that next week. Find out who likes it. Who doesn't like it? I don't I don't know. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> See you next week. Well, well put. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.